Welcome back to Our Soul, a podcast by Faith Choice Ohio, Ohio's faith voice for choice. So the leak to end all leaks. Like, I can't even tell you how th- this Supreme Court leak is absolutely the perfect and now in retrospect only best way to cap off the absolute cluster of a mess that is the Supreme Court striking down abortion rights in the United States, right? Like, Mm. it wasn't even a normal process of we're going to drop a decision. Like, somebody had to leak it at night before an election day in many of our states, right? Mm -hmm. I don't know where everybody else was, but I am always going to remember when I found out that Roe versus Wade was officially on the chopping block, right? We've, we've been telling you here, anyone who listens to uh, this podcast has heard for years, right? Literally the last two years that Roe versus Wade is on the way out that, you know, very, very well-funded right-wing organizations have pushed for decades utilizing Christian fundamentalism, white Christian fundamentalism, Uh, Mm -hmm. to push abortion rights to the brink of extinction. And now it is happening, and we found out because some staffer said, screw this, and leaked that document late on a Monday night. Um, I am always going to remember, I was getting ready for bed, I was getting ready to go to sleep and get up very, very early on Tuesday morning to go work as a voting location manager at a polling location for 15 hours. So I'm laying down in bed, try, very pleased with myself, right? Very pleased that I'm getting good sleep. And then this comes into my phone and I'm like, really? Really? <laughs> this is how? <sighs> this is how. Everybody in Repro right now, um, we're all pretty much in a similar place because mm-hmm. we are burnt out we are disheartened we are discouraged in many ways and we're also mad as hell Mm -hmm. that we are in this place but we're also full of solidarity there is some deep Mm -hmm. solidarity going on some some trauma rooted solidarity but also some healthy solidarity right um where where are you right now kelly in in this leaky week that we have experienced (laughs) yeah um so i've i've talked about this a few times with people trying to capture like how i feel in this moment because uh you know this isn't a surprise to us it's more it's actually happening you know um so when I was in like middle school or like high school or whatever, uh, I used to read the ends of books before I finished them. Um, I would read like the last line of a book or maybe the last couple pages of a book to see if it would make sense to me later. Um, and this is as if I, I read the last chapter <laughs> of this book um, or, or just got a little snippet of the end of this book. And it's, it's one thing to know what's going to happen and another thing to experience it, you know, or, or, um, you know, when you watch a movie and you know how it's going to end and you know, who's going to die or whatever. 
Um, but like seeing it actually happen is different and it's just kind of a it's almost a surreal kind of feeling to to see something that you've known is likely to happen for a very long time um and then to see it actually happen and to you know see those words and to get this kind of just really really terrible stuff and you, you know you were talking about where you were <laughs> when you heard um i was just playing games on my computer which is what i do like every night um and i follow a couple different um twitters like i get some notifications for these twitters um as people who have listened to this podcast know i also work for if when how um which is a organization that works for reproductive justice through the law specifically um and uh, I also obviously work for Faith Choice Ohio, so I follow both Faith Choice Ohio and If When How on Twitter um, with the notifications, as well as Repro Jobs and um, just some other like Repro people as well. And I start getting these notifications that are like, you know, we have to be here to support each other, and like, you know, you may need or like make sure that you're taking time to breathe, and like this is a rough moment for us all. And I was like, okay where I've been for the last like year or so, but like what specifically is prompting all of these people to have the same kind of messaging around like keeping faith or whatever. Um, and so I go on Twitter and I scroll through all these tweets to try to figure out what happened. And then finally I check my email, I get my notification from the New York times saying like that this opinion has been leaked. And I think it's like, it's, it's crazy that a leak thing happened, but we need to focus on the fact that we need to focus more on what the opinion says than the fact that it was leaked. I think that's really important to say. Um, and also I've, I found a lot of people in this moment, just feeling like, you know, the end has already come, but the end has not already come. The end is still yet to come because abortion is still legal in the United States right now. I, I think that that's really important to say as well, because although we've like seen what has already been written, it's still a draft. So we don't know exactly what the end, the end thing will say, but we do know that their intentions and their thoughts and their um, uh, motive right now is to completely get rid of Roe. Um, and, and not just Roe, but like the foundations of a lot of, other things that are really important, especially to me and you, uh, Terry. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, and the the piece, I I think the fact that this opinion was leaked gives. I, I'm a preacher. Like I'm always looking for the the hermeneutic angle. Like how can we? What's the interpretation? What? How do we make meaning out of this? I have told people multiple times over the past few days, like. Reproductive rights, and particularly abortion access, has been leaking for years, right? This mm -hmm. has been the bucket with the holes in it. Like, the leak we should be talking about is the steady leaking away of access in rural areas, in areas 
where people do not have financial privilege and proximal privilege in places where people are racially segregated due to years, decades, centuries of legal segregation, of redlining, like all of this stuff has played into a steady leaking away of abortion access. We look at the state of Ohio, we have eight clinics left in Ohio. Mm. Eight clinics when we had more than 50 40 years ago. From 40 years ago to now, 55 clinics in Ohio in 1982, eight clinics today. The leak has already happened. The leak is not the one person in the institution of the Supreme Court that said, I'm so mad, I'm not going to let this go by, and I don't care if I risk my job to do it. That person or people are friggin' heroes. Give them a parade. Hallelujah. The leak is the fact that abortion access has been gone for some people for some time now. And now it's going to be gone for a lot more people in a lot more places. Abortion is still legal. And we Mm -hmm. love abortionislegalinohio.com. Go to abortionislegalinohio.com. Right? You have those resources. The struggle, though, is, and we're, we're reminded of this again and again and again and again and again by our Reaper Justice Mothers in the Faith, access and legality are not the same thing. And that is the good news now, because regardless of what happens with legality, access is not tied directly to legality. Mm-hmm. People can have access to things that aren't legal. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Y'all better sign up for self-managed abortion in good faith and all of our other trainers to mm. explore that concept. I, I do also want to want to pitch it back to you, Kelly, here, because you, you mentioned um, that there are things at play in this draft decision. And I want to emphasize, it is a draft decision. It's not the final decision. Mm-hmm. But it's pretty stark to have these words written on paper and to know this is where... The conversation is as of, you know, what, February 10th was the circulation date, right? The underpinnings of the decision that is outlined in the draft opinion, legally, are all about dismantling the federal right for things not explicitly named in the Constitution in a certain way. So it's not just abortion access that falls under this absolutely disgusting overreach of judicial Mm -hmm. advocacy. It's things like same-sex marriage. It's Mm -hmm. things like the ability to not criminalize what people do as consenting adults in their own home. It is the ability to no longer have... um, anti-miscegenation laws that can prohibit individuals from being married if they are of a different racial background. Those decisions in the law are on the same footing as Roe is being attacked in this space. The mm-hmm. same footing that Roe is being attacked under. That, that undergirds all these other decisions and so many other decisions as well. 
we are at a place where the United States Supreme Court is poised to offer a free-for-all laboratory of autocracy to the 50 states. To say, if your state wants to prohibit people from accessing medical care simply because Betty Lou Who in the governor's mansion doesn't like it, they can try that out and see how it works. If you want to mm-hmm. disenfranchise huge numbers of people from the ability to have bodily autonomy, go right mm-hmm. ahead. It's your state's right. Mm-hmm. That kind of thinking, that kind of, of moral reasoning, it is unholy. It is not mm-hmm. righteous. And mm-hmm. regardless of how long it may stand in the law, if they're able to, to push a decision like this through, it will not stand forever because we will win I believe we will win. I believe that we will not be able as a nation and as a a reconciled people to allow that kind of patchwork autocracy and, frankly, fascism in spaces (laughs) to survive. It is not how we will survive and thrive. We cannot Mm -hmm. allow it to happen. Yeah, and... And like when when I mentioned that, I mean, I mentioned that as a uh, mixed race black person who is married to a white man. Um, And I say that, you know, both of us having queer identities and the ways that we would be attacked and our rights continue to be stripped away. And it's just so it gives people the the ability to attack something that is so like basic. I just don't, I don't understand. And it's crazy to me that people want to strip back to the constitution, which was written by people who literally owned people. Like, is that, is that who we want to rely on for our founding principles in the first place? Like only them. That's, that's what we want to go back to. Like, I like I feel like there's there's some amount of good when people expose themselves as the oppressive people that they are. You know, when you say you want to go back to constitutional values and those kinds of things like what I'm hearing is that you want to go back to when you could own me and that I'm glad, you know, say who you are up front in front of other people. I appreciate it. I, I want that kind of thing. I have been going back and forth between like what is the what was the motive of the person who leaked this and trying to figure out was this like a conservative person who like wants to nail the judges who like signed on to this opinion um, to get them to stay committed to that or was it a more liberal person? But regardless of who did it and what their motives are and whatever... Um, I am grateful for the fact that people who you may like who want to hide behind the uh, the given values of or the value of the Supreme Court, you know, when I think of the Supreme Court, usually I think of like justice in some in some form and um uh, a search for a middle ground and those kinds of things. Very centrist. Um, but still some some level of uh, 
integrity and all of that. But now, you know, seeing this this opinion and the way that it strips things and and all of that, like uh, I, I've lost respect. <laughs> um, and so for that, I'm grateful. At least um, it kind of takes some of that blinders off and where maybe people wanted to think like, oh, the Supreme Court would never do that. They would never. They would never strip away rights of millions of people. They would never. <laughs> the class warfare, it's not actually happening. The Supreme Court will save us. But at least with this leak, um, people know, no, the Supreme Court will not save you. They will not save us. And so we need to be working on, you know, getting that kind of training with um, SMA in good faith and and working to be able to, you know, care for each other because we can't trust the government to care for us. And, I mean, that's been clear for a long time, but especially now. And now I have to, like, <laughs> there's a bunch of books that I bought to be able to prepare myself for this post-Rome moment. One of those being not actually a book that's in our book club, but you should be a part of our book club. If you're not a part of our book club, you should join because there's lots of stuff about reproductive justice and what we do in this moment and all of that and focusing on our values and stuff. But I actually have this book that somebody gifted me called uh, A Handbook for Post-Row America. Um, and I've seen a lot more people pulling this out um, recently. And now I actually need to, to read this. But... Um, yeah, I think if anything, like this leak, um, showing the, the real intents of the people who, uh, claim to be quote unquote just, um, I, I'm, I'm grateful for the, the blinders being taken off, you know? I, I okay. love that voice. I'm going to have to name that voice because I've, I've never heard you do the, like, vocal fry valley girl voice. They would never. They would, they would never. never. <laughs> that's, that's like your Bethany voice. No offense to any Bethany's out there. We love you all. But, like, it has to be named something and Karen's getting kind of old. But, like, yeah. there are so many people who I think have lived in that they would never kind of mentality of... They would never strike down Roe. They would never go that far. They would never, you know, strip this way. They would never use this as a pretext to take away other rights. They would never continue. But you know what? We had a lot of other they would nevers that led to this, right? They would never keep a Supreme Court seat open for more than a year just to get mm. an anti-choice justice on they would never rush a nomination during an election after Ruth Bader Ginsburg died mm -hmm. before her family was done mourning her publicly. They would never have the audacity to do all these things that folk have had the audacity to do, and now we are here. They would never really is, yes, they will. The, mm -hmm. the forces of anti-abortion zealotry, right? The people who are devoted to this as a religious fundamentalist movement will continue pressing their agenda until they control the bodies of every person who disagrees with them. And it is top to bottom. It is abortion rights. It is who you love. 
It is how you show up in the world. It is how you express your gender. It is how you express your compassion and your community care. All of these things, that small minority of voices that have a tremendous amount of money, wealth, and power are interested in controlling. And they're not going to stop until they are placed permanently in a position where they can't harm others. And that that's the situation of it's not a solution. I've heard so many people say, well, we got to get out and vote. Okay, like I, I'm as big an electoral supporter as anybody else. I work the polls. I, I believe electoral politics are important. However, electoral politics are not the be-all, end-all, right? They're a key brick in the wall, but they're just a brick. And we need more than one brick. We need a lot of bricks to build this wall. We need things that don't have anything to do with electoral politics, like mm -hmm. community care, like mm -hmm. direct activism, like community, community support, practical support work, right? To get people to and from their appointments, to get people safely into intake processes, to be able to do the digital security necessary to keep criminalization from ruining a patient's life when they seek life-affirming care. Mm -hmm. All of that can be done and must be done and has absolutely nothing to do with who wins an election. So we've got mm -hmm. to hold like multiple things at the same time. We can walk and chew gum at the same time, right? Yes, mm -hmm. get out and vote. You know, if if you feel compelled to, you know, join a protest, you you are moving in that direction, that's great. Make sure that you're putting your effort and your energy into things that are moving these issues forward for real people, for patients. Mm -hmm. Because patients are going to need us to do the work now and for the future. Patients are going to need us to do the emergency response work and the accompaniment work that they need now, while also advocating for a future where their needs are not stigmatized and their procedures are not criminalized. Yes. Have you, do you, when you were saying be all end all, I uh, got a little sidetracked in my head, uh, but do you know where that that phrase originates. I have no clue. It actually comes from uh, Macbeth. And I am coming up on like probably my fifth or sixth anniversary of defending my capstone for my undergrad. Um, <laughs> and uh, I did it on Macbeth. So I know every line. <laughs> uh, but it's interesting that you were talking about how it's not the be all end all because that's what the line is originally talking about is it's basically like if it could just happen now, that would be great, but it can't, it's not the be all end all. And isn't, isn't that part, I'm, it's been a long while since I've read Macbeth, but like, isn't that part when Macbeth is referencing killing Duncan? Yes. Yeah. And he yeah. and he's contemplating, you know, if I could just kill him and then it would be over and everything would be good and done and fixed, then that would be great. And I kind of feel the same way about like if if it could just and, and that is not sidetrack. Macbeth should never have killed Duncan in the first place, but right. 
Uh, so I'm not advocating for killing Duncan, but in in our real life case, uh, talking about uh, our our rights, uh, I'm not saying that you shouldn't vote, but I am saying that you can't just vote. In the yeah. same way that killing Duncan was not the end of Macbeth getting uh, his rise to power and <laughs> being sane at the same time, um, like the, the, you can't just do the one thing. It's not a one and done kind of thing. This is a journey. This is a process. This is a, a lifetime of caring for each other and and moving um, forward together. Um, and. And like, like, I one thing that I'm kind of like thinking about is like, one reason that it can't be the be all end all, even though this is an election time, we had the election yesterday, and we're, I, you know, politic elect electoral politics is good. However, I mean, even in the case of like thinking about Senator Collins, uh, who is you know, mm. A, mm. a a pivotal vote for Kavanaugh, mm. who asked him, like you know, how you feel about Roe. And he said, like, oh, you know, Roe is, like, um, it is a well. Yeah, it's settled, Mm -hmm. and it doesn't need to be brought back up again. And so, you know, even even the most well-intentioned people can be duped and can be, you know, swayed or whatever. Um, This just reminds me of, like, one of our first podcast episodes is called, like, one man was never a good plan, I think, something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. And so relying solely on who we elect or electing one good uh, person on abortion or whatever it is, somebody who would ask that kind of question in a Senate hearing um, is not it's it's not going to do it. And and do you remember that episode because that that episode title came from comments from the incomparable Kelly Copeland, uh, yeah. executive director of Pro Choice Ohio, who we were referencing you know Chief Justice Roberts because at that point yeah. we thought Chief Justice Roberts was going to be like the swing vote <laughs> on the <laughs> Supreme Court. What a different universe, right, two years ago uh-huh. it makes. But, like, the the whole principle in that discussion was that relying on one man's opinion is never a good plan. Like, there mm-hmm. has to be more than we're going to win this one thing. You know, we're, ju- we're, we're going to be Macbeth and kill Duncan and everything's going to be fine. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not. That's not how this works. You don't ever get to stop. You don't ever get to, like, lay down. Like, we don't get to freedom, and then we get to say, hey, have a party, and we all go home. Like, this is a Mm -hmm. discipline. That is why, as people of spiritual and religious values who put value into the world through the lens of religious connection and spiritual connection with others, that's why we believe in discipline. That's why we believe in connection. That's why we're not going away. We don't just disappear from the world when, you know, our election is done or, you know, we Roe is lost. Let's just fold it up. Let's pack it up. We're, you know, Mm-mm. our orgs are just... No, we're here for the long haul because we know that it's about more than that one issue. It is about more than that one conversation. 
It's about mm-hmm. that and so much more. Because regardless of what the legal status is of Roe and thereby abortion, we know that abortion is one very important part of the whole landscape of reproductive health rights and justice. And we know our people don't just deserve the status quo or the floor that is Roe. We, Mm -hmm. as people in this state and in this nation, deserve so much more. We deserve thriving futures, and that's where we're headed, even though right now it might look a little dark, even though the clouds might be gathering. We know that the clouds will not last forever because the ground will see a brighter day. We just Mm -hmm. have to root deep in that soil and know that what we grow today is going to feed generations in the future. And we have got to do the activism, the organizing, and the compassionate, care-filled work now to position folk in 10, 15, 20, 25 years to reap a harvest of goodness. Yeah. Well, amen to that. Uh, I, that's, that's it for this episode. Um, we're still here. We'll still be here. And... We'll be back in two weeks to talk about whatever craziness happens in between these two episodes. So, uh, see ya then. Thank you for listening to this episode of Our Soul. If you'd like to hear more of our conversations on religion, abortion access, and all things Repro, you can find all our episodes on Podbean, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. For more content, training, and other information, check us out at faithchoiceohio.org. 